श्रवनम डायरीज पॉडकास्ट हरे कृष्णा रीडिंग भागवत गीता एज इट इज द बुक बाय हिज डिवाइन ग्रेस अभाय चरनारविंद भक्तिवेदांत स्वामी प्रभुपाद चैप्टर सिक्स ध्यान योग सर्वभूत स्थित यो मम भजतेमस्थिता वर्तमानोपी सोगी मई वर्तते सच योगी हु इंगेजेस इन दि वर्शिपुल सर्विस ऑफ द सुपर सोल नोइंग दट आई एंड द सुपर सोल आर वन रिमेन्स ऑलवेज इन मी इन ऑल सर्कमस्टेंसेस कृष्ण एंड द सुपर सोल आर वन एंड सुपर सोल इज एवरीवेयर सुपर सोल इज इन एवरी वंस हार्ट सुपर सोल इज इन एवरी एटम एंड सुपर सोल एंड कृष्ण आर वन सो इफ वी नो दैट we always remain in krishna in all circumstances yeah because sometimes it's difficult to see krishna in some circumstance but then if we realize that actually paramatma is always present it's yeah it's very deep purport a yogi who is practicing meditation on the super soul sees within himself the plenary portion of krishna as vishnu with four hands holding conch shell wheel club and lotus flower the yogi should know that vishnu is not different from krishna krishna in this form of super soul is situated in everyone's heart furthermore there is no difference between the innumerable super souls present in the innumerable hearts of living entities nor is there a difference between a krishna conscious person always engaged in the transcendental loving service of krishna and a perfect yogi engaged in meditation on the super soul the yogi in krishna consciousness even though he may be engaged in various activities while in material existence remains always situated in Krishna This is confirmed in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu 1.2.187 of Srila Rupa Goswami Nikila svapyavasthasu jivan mukta sa uchyate A devotee of the Lord always acting in Krishna consciousness is automatically liberated in the narada pancharatra this is confirmed in this way dikala dhyanava chinne krishna cheto vidhaya cha tanmayo bhavati kshipram jivo brahmaniyo jayet quote by concentrating one's attention on the transcendental form of krishna who is all pervading and beyond time and space one becomes absorbed in thinking of krishna and then attains the happy state of 
transcendental association with him. Unquote. Krishna consciousness is the highest stage of trance in yoga practice. This very understanding that Krishna is present as Paramatma in everyone's heart makes the yogi faultless. Hmm, wow. The Vedas, Gopalatapani Upanishad 1.21, confirms this inconceivable potency of the Lord as follows. Ekopisan Bahudhayo Vabhati Quote Although the Lord is one, He is present in innumerable hearts as many. Similarly, in the Smriti Shastra it is said Eka Eva Paro Vishnu Sarvavyapi no Samshaya Aishvarya Drupamekamcha Suryavat Bahudheyate. Quote Vishnu is one, and yet he is certainly all pervading by his inconceivable potency. In spite of his one form, he is present everywhere, as the sun appears in many places at once. Text 32 He is a perfect yogi who, by comparison to his own self, sees the true equality of all beings in both their happiness and their distress, O Arjuna. Hmm. A perfect yogi who by comparison to his own self sees the true equality of all beings in their happiness and distress. Mm -hmm. Purport. One who is Krishna conscious is a perfect yogi. Perfect yogi. There are yogis, but if you're Krishna conscious, you're a perfect yogi. Okay. He is aware of everyone's happiness and distress by dint of his own personal experience. The cause of the distress of a living entity is forgetfulness of his relationship with God. So if we are ever miserable, distressed, suffering, we need to remember that the cause is forgetfulness of our relationship with God. This is the actual cause. Okay. And the cause of happiness is knowing Krishna to be the supreme enjoyer of all the activities of the human being, the proprietor of all lands and planets, and the sincerest, sincerest friend of all living entities. Interesting. This verse, this is basically the translation of this verse... Um, what is that? 
Bhaktaram Yagyata Pasam Sarvaloka Maheshwaram Sukhridam Sarva Bhutanam. When we read this verse, we read this verse in the previous chapter, right? There was, I think it was the conclusion of the previous chapter, if I'm not mistaken. Bhaktaram Yagyata Pasam Sarvaloka Maheshwaram Sukhridam Sarva Bhutanam Gyatvamam Shantim Richhati. So it was um, named as the verse, which is the peace formula. And at that time, I didn't elaborate on the fact that Suhrid, uh, Suhridam, Krishna is Suhrid, it's considered that it's the most intimate type of friend. There are different types of friend in Sanskrit. There's Mitra, there's another <laughs> type of, there are other type of friends. I remember Mitra. It's like, like, um, okay level. I think it, it's a good level. But Suhrid, Hrid is the heart, Su means like, very much dear to the heart, you can say, it's like Suhrid. Um, so Krishna is the sincerest friend. And this, uh, basically, Prabhupada says here that it's the cause of happiness. So basically, it's the peace formula and it's the cause of happiness. So remember that. Uh, continuing. <clears throat> the perfect yogi knows that the living being who is conditioned by the modes of material nature is subjected to the threefold material miseries due to forgetfulness of his relationship with Krishna. And because one is one in Krishna consciousness is happy, he tries to distribute the knowledge of Krishna everywhere. That's like giving from, you know, like giving what you have basically so if you're happy in Krishna consciousness you will try your best to distribute the knowledge of Krishna everywhere since the perfect yogi tries to broadcast the importance of becoming Krishna conscious he's the best philanthropist in the world and he's the dearest servitor of the Lord Bhagavad Gita 18.69 In other words, a devotee of the Lord always looks to the welfare of all living entities and in this way he is factually the friend of everyone. He is the best yogi because he does not desire perfection in yoga for his personal benefit but tries for others also. He does not envy his fellow living entities. Here is a contrast. Contrast between a pure devotee of the Lord and a yogi interested only in his personal elevation. The yogi who has withdrawn to a secluded place in order to meditate perfectly may not be as perfect as a devotee who is trying his best to turn every man toward Krishna consciousness. Sometimes externally we may think, oh, this yogi, he is in the mountains, he is meditating, he is the perfect yogi, and this devotee, he is somewhere in, I don't know, Los Angeles, running around with books, speaking to all kinds of materialists, enjoying, I don't know, Mahaprasadam pizza and 
what kind of a yogi is he? But according to Bhagavad Gita, he's a perfect yogi. Perfect yogi. <laughs> this is such a, like, you know, according to modern understanding of yoga, yoga is a, is mainstream these days. And according to the modern, it is like, this is the perfect yogi. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, he's the perfect yogi. Yeah. So yesterday we left you at the yesterday we left you at a cliffhanger. Krishna says this, right? Krishna says this. Now hear what Arjuna says. Text 33. Arjuna Uvacha Yoyam Yogastvaya Proktah Samyena Madusudana Etasyaham Napashyami Chanchalatvatstitim Stiram. Arjuna said, Oh Madhusudana, the system of yoga which you have summarized appears impractical and unendurable to me for the mind is restless and unsteady purport the system of mysticism described by lord krishna to arjuna beginning with the words shuchau deshe and ending with yogi parama is here being rejected by Arjuna out of a feeling of inability. It is not possible for an ordinary man to leave home and go to a secluded place in the mountains or jungles to practice yoga in this age of Kali. The present age is characterized by a bitter struggle for a life of short duration. Wow. How do you like that? <laughs> I like this description. I've, I don't remember hearing this one before. I mean, I've read this before, but I I want to remember it this time that I'm reading it. The present age is characterized by a bitter struggle for a life of short duration. People are not serious about self-realization, even by simple, practical means. And what to speak of this difficult yoga system, which regulates the mode of living, the manner of sitting, selection of place, and detachment of the mind from material engagement. You remember what uh, what was the difficulty um, Krishna was describing, that you have to sit in a secluded place on the deer skin with your, you know, like posture erect and it's just, you know, just so Arjuna is referring to that as a practical man Arjuna thought it was impossible to follow the system of yoga even though he was favorably endowed in many ways he belonged to the royal family and was highly elevated in terms of numerous qualities. He was a great warrior. He had great longevity. And above all, he was the most intimate friend of Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. 5,000 years ago, Arjuna had much better facilities than we do now. Yet, he refused to accept this system of yoga. In fact, we do not find any record in history of his 
practicing it at any time. Therefore, therefore the system must be considered generally impossible in this age of Kali. Generally, generally it is impossible. Of course, it may be possible for some very few rare men, but for the people in general, it is an impossible proposal. If this were so 5,000 years ago, then what of the present day? Those who are imitating this yoga system in different so-called schools and societies, although complacent and certainly wasting their time are certainly wasting their time. They're completely in ignorance of the desired goal. Hmm. Yesterday, due to some technical difficulties, I was not able... There was a problem with the recording. And today morning I wanted to record for yesterday and there was some very, very loud construction nearby. So that's why... I am recording today for two episodes. I wanted to stop and then record again. But I'm thinking that I'll just continue reading and make it a long episode. Yeah. Okay. Text 34. Chanchalam himana krishna pramathi balavadhiritam dridham tasyaham nigraham manye vayor eva sudushkaram for the mind is restless, turbulent, obstinate, and very strong, O Krishna. And to subdue it, I think, is more difficult than controlling the wind. Purport. The mind is so strong and obstinate that it sometimes overcomes the intelligence, although the mind is supposed to be subservient to the intelligent, to the intelligence. Mm -hmm. For a man in the practical world who has to fight so many opposing elements, it is certainly very difficult to control the mind. So the mind's natural position is to be subservient to the intelligence. Not that the mind is so strong and obstinate, obstinate, and then intelligence just goes after the mind. Uh, Burijan Prabhu calls it intelligence is conspired <laughs> with the mind. No, it's supposed to be the other way around. Uh, mind is subservient to the intelligence. Mm -hmm. Artificially, one may establish a mental equilibrium toward both friend and enemy, but ultimately no worldly man can do so, for this is more difficult than controlling the raging wind. In the Vedic literature, Katha Upanishad 1.3.3-4, it is said, 
आत्मनम राथिनम विधि शरीरम राथमेवचिम तो सारथिम विधि मन प्रग्राहमेवच इंद्रियाहोर विषयम स्तेषु गौचर आत्मनिंद्रिय मनोयुक्त आत्मेन्द्रिया मनोयुक्त The individual is the passenger in the car of the material body, and the intelligence is the driver. Mind is the driving instrument, and the senses are the horses. Horses. The self is thus the enjoyer. or sufferer in the association of the mind and senses so it is understood by great thinkers great thinkers unquote mm-hmm. intelligence is supposed to direct the mind but the mind is so strong and obstinate that it often overcomes even one's own intelligence as an acute infection may surpass the efficacy of medicine such a strong mind is supposed to be controlled by the practice of yoga but such practice is never practical for a worldly person like arjuna and what to say of modern man mm-hmm. the smile used here is appropriate one cannot capture the blowing wind and it is even more difficult to capture the turbulent mind the easiest way to control the mind as suggested by lord chaitanya is chanting hari krishna the great mantra for deliverance in all humility <laughs> Let's read this again The easiest way to control the mind as suggested by Lord Chaitanya is chanting Hare Krishna the great mantra for deliverance in all humility The method prescribed is Savai mana Krishna padaravindayor One must engage one's mind fully in Krishna only then will there remain no other engagements to agitate the mind hmm. So what did the Lord say Arjuna is like I can't do this. This is impractical. Mind is restless, it's unsteady. It's obstinate, it's strong. It's more difficult than controlling the wind to control the mind and Krishna says, text 35. Shri Bhagavan Uvacha Asamshayam Mahabaho Mano Durni Graham Chalam Abhyasena Tukaunteya Vairagena 
Chagriyate. Lord Shri Krishna said, O mighty armed son of Kunti, it is undoubtedly very difficult to curb the restless mind, but it is possible by suitable practice and by detachment. Purport. The difficulty of controlling the obstinate mind as expressed by Arjuna is accepted by the personality of Godhead. But at the same time, he suggests that by practice and detachment it is possible. What is that practice? In the present age of Kali, no one can observe the strict rules and regulations of placing oneself in a sacred place, focusing the mind on the super-soul, restraining the senses and mind, observing celibacy, remaining alone, etc. By the practice of Krishna consciousness, however, one engages in nine types of devotional service to the Lord. Nine types. The first and foremost of such devotional engagements is hearing about Krishna. This is a very powerful transcendental method for purging the mind of all misgivings. <coughs> okay. I also highly recommend you. This is exactly what you're doing <laughs> on this podcast. This is the first and foremost. This is Shravanam. And we are Shravanam Diaries. And I find this method to be wonderful and truly, truly powerful. Mm. The more one hears about Krishna, the more one becomes enlightened and detached from everything that draws the mind away from Krishna. By detaching the mind from activities not devoted to the Lord, one can very easily learn vairagya. Vairagya means detachment from matter and engagement of the mind in spirit. Impersonal spiritual detachment is more difficult than attaching the mind to the activities of Krishna. This is practical because by hearing about Krishna, one becomes automatically attached to the Supreme Spirit. And this is the most beautiful part. Seriously. Just find yourself a speaker who speaks about Krishna that you like. Because there are many different devotees, many different senior devotees, many different sannyasis, many gurus who speak about Krishna. You just find a bona fide speaker and just listen and listen and listen and you will become automatically attached to the Supreme Spirit. And then the more you listen, you become more and more and more attached. This attachment is called Pareshanubhava, spiritual Satisfaction. 
It is just like the feeling of satisfaction of a hungry man has for every morsel of food he eats. The more one eats, the more one eats while hungry, the more one feels satisfaction and strength. Similarly, by discharge of devotional service, one feels transcendental satisfaction as the mind becomes detached from material objectives. It is something like curing a disease by expert treatment and appropriate diet. Hearing of the transcendental activities of Lord Krishna is therefore expert treatment for the mad mind and eating the foodstuff offered to Krishna is the appropriate diet for the suffering patient. This treatment is the process of Krishna consciousness. Mm. You know, we have to read the next verse because after that Arjuna asks a different question and he takes the um, discussion to a different direction. So we shall read the last verse for today's episode. Mm, text 36. For one whose mind is unbridled, self-realization is difficult work. But he whose mind is controlled and who strives by appropriate means is assured of success. That is my opinion. This is so reassuring and encouraging. Krishna is like, success is guaranteed, you know? Okay, poor part. The Supreme Personality of Godhead declares that one who does not accept the proper treatment to detach the mind from material engagement can hardly achieve success in self-realization. Trying to practice yoga while engaging the mind in material enjoyment is like trying to ignite a fire while pouring water on it. Yoga practice without mental control is a waste of time. Such a show of yoga may be materially lucrative but it is useless as far as spiritual realization is concerned. Therefore, one must control the mind by engaging it constantly in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Unless one is engaged in Krishna consciousness, he cannot steadily control the mind. A Krishna conscious person easily achieves the result of yoga practice without separate endeavor. But a yoga practitioner cannot achieve success without becoming Krishna conscious. This reminded me of, of two things. First, um, in this connection about 
uh, engaging mind in material enjoyment is like trying to ignite a fire while pouring water on it. And I really, like Krishna, he highlights that there should be practice and there should be detachment. Because at one point, we all need to realize that the mind and the self are different people. The mind can... Um, can say something, imagine something, throw some picture in your head, or it can do like so many different things, the mind, convince you of something, or have, you know, many things the mind can do. But uh, first of all, having that detachment from it, like, not just the feeling of not acting upon it, but also just understanding that it's not me. That takes detachment. Instead of, you know, go, oh, what am I thinking? It's, it's not me. It's And then, at the same time, by practice, it's really... And interestingly, practice, we don't mean practice, it's just like we're focusing on the mind and its pictures. Um, here, very, very important. Prabhupada says a Krishna conscious person easily achieves the result of yoga practice without separate endeavor. What does it mean? Um, in um, Krama Sandarbha, I, I mentioned it before, I'll mention it again, I'll mention it to myself as many times as I need to. In Krama Sandarbha, Jiva Goswami says that it's a deviation from pure bhakti to try to control the mind because the mind is automatically controlled if we are trying to be Krishna conscious. So, if our mind is running away somewhere, we're trying to bring it back to Krishna. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. Trying to engage ourselves in Krishna conscious activities and hearing and chanting and maybe sharing with devotees, san sangha, some Krishna katha, but we're not doing some separate endeavor <laughs> to control the mind because we will not be successful <laughs> I mean not just because of that because we're not interested in anything other than pure devotional service basically yeah so Jai we have read for two episodes today and I feel I feel good after reading. Uh, okay. So we shall continue tomorrow with the next topic. It's a very interesting question that Arjuna places before the Lord. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in today. The book links, previous episodes, timeline, and biography of the author can be found on shravanamdiaries.com. The link is in the description, and we shall see you tomorrow. Krishna <laughs>